0: Tokyo Bay.
1: Welcome to another educational episode of the Kaiju Cast, a podcast 100% dedicated to Godzilla and all of his rubber-suited foes. My name is Kyle and this is episode number 42 and the Dai Kaiju Discussion episode for September 2011. We'll get into the movie for this month, which is Yog Monster from Space in just a few minutes, but I have to warn you, there's not a lot of stuff to report for this month. As usual, I'll be playing some music now, but uh, because yesterday was my birthday, we're actually going to play some songs from my favorite Godzilla films, starting with what I consider to be one of the most powerful themes written and performed by Ifukube's orchestra. These are the main titles from Godzilla vs. Destroya. So like I said, uh, before I started the music, that first track were the main titles from Godzilla vs. Destroya by Akira Fukube. Uh, Godzilla vs. Destroya of course, is my favorite Heisei film. The f- movies that take place between 1985 and 1995. Uh, the second song I played was The Crash by Ko Otani from Gamera 3. Uh, after that, I played Adult Mothra vs. Godzilla by Michiru Oshima from Tokyo SOS. And I followed that up with another Koatani song, but this time it was God of the Earth, Baragon, from Godzilla Mothra King Ghidra. Without further ado, let's move on to our next segment. Once again, class, it is time for our Daikaiju discussions. Every month, the Kaiju cast will showcase one particular film from the giant monster landscape and task the listeners with submitting thoughts, questions, and reviews for the following discussion episode. Thanks to an online tool, I've randomly assigned one movie to each month, solidifying that this show will keep going. For a long, long time. This month we take a look at an odd film from Toho, and I say odd mostly because of the way it was marketed. In 1970, Toho released Gezora Ganame Kamiba Decisive Battle Giant Monsters of the South Seas, which is known internationally as Space Amoeba, but distributed in the US through American International Pictures as Yog Monster from Space.
0: Yog Monster from Space. You are powerless against me. Monsters never before seen. Yog, monster from space.
1: If you watch the Japanese trailer, Toho almost seems to be evoking the idea that this film is a wacky, zany adventure with crazy monsters. And um, it's all done fairly seriously, though, in the actual movie, even though the film is far from seriously respectable. And uh, it features some classic Japanese actors, namely Kenji Sahara, Akira Kubo, and Yoshio Tsuchiya. Um, Ishiro Honda directed it, and also Akira Ifukube did the score. The special effects in this film were directed by Teryushi Nakano, who uh, was the director of special effects after Aegis Huberaya died. died. Uh, joining me tonight in the studio, we have Jeff from Horror Holocaust Radio, Cindy from being on the Kaiju cast and working at comic shops for, like, ever, and Justin from the Going Last podcast, and we just literally finished watching the movie. So... We all have microphones this time. Am, am I allowed to talk? Yeah, you're allowed to talk. We're we, this is total roundtable now. Woot! Yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think of this of the yog? Actually, before we go into that, who had seen this movie movie before?
2: I had seen this picture, you know, decades ago, but I had remembered very little of it. Okay. So I'm not even sure if I saw the whole thing, you know, Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon, uh, you know. The TV forty big movie creature features. Okay, I think I'd seen part of it, but yeah, I had remembered very little of it.
1: Did
3: MST3K ever get a hold of this one?
1: No, they did not. But this would be really, really, probably a very good one for them. <laughs> yes, if at least the Rift Tracks guys might be able to do it later. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, so you had seen it, but you didn't remember much.
2: I of didn't it? remember a lot of it. For some reason, I'm I I kind of remember the natives. And, you know, the uh, giant cuttlefish. And all their belly shirts. <laughs> um,
1: but that, that was about it. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, so nobody else had seen it except me. All right. Half the room has seen it before. And now that you have seen it, Jeff, what what'd you think of it again? Um, it's
2: all right. You know, I like, uh, you know, out of all the monsters in it, there's three monsters. Right. Um, I think the uh, giant cuttlefish or squid octopus octopus i guess it's referred to in in
1: the dub track that we we just watched right but it is it is definitely a cuttlefish it's a
2: a squid that's my that's my favorite of of the three and unfortunately you know he's out of it halfway through he gets some pretty good screen time he gets the the best screen time yeah he gets the best screen time i think the outfit looks looks pretty good there's a couple shots of him walking out of the ocean i thought looked
1: pretty cool I thought his appearance was was kind of lame though like uh uh the shot of his his eyes just kind of coming out of the water uh didn't really yeah didn't really jive with me not to mention i mean the eyes in my opinion are the worst part about that costume and that's like the first thing you see so it's kind of like I kind of like the way he
2: moves cuz he looks i mean cuz his head's kind of bouncing around a little bit
1: yeah
3: and uh he, he always looked like he was rocking out <laughs> yeah yeah I like how he
1: actually walked sideways too yeah, yeah. it was yes. kind of cool mm-hmm. and and I thought they did a i thought they did a very good job of hiding the fact that it's a guy in a suit
2: yeah is there only a few shots you can actually see you know uh the guy in the costume his feet i yeah. I, did or I I kept looking right. for
1: the legs his his curly toed shoes like the planet x people yes
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but I mean it's all right, it's definitely
2: nowhere near the top of my favorite you know. Giant monster films, but right. um it's not quite as bad as I expected, I guess.
1: Okay, that's that's a good way to put it. I mean we've got uh if you if you're looking at when this came out, this came out in between um Godzilla's Revenge, nineteen sixty nine. Yeah,
2: it's nineteen seventy, right? Yeah, nineteen
1: seventy. So yeah. the next film in the Godzilla series was um was Godzilla versus the smog monster or yeah. Godzilla versus Hedra. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, I actually, it's funny cause I remember this movie being really goofy and, uh, I think it's, it's mostly because of the trailer cause that trailer has that's kind, kind of like of a weird, rock soundtrack. like right, Yeah. 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 Surfy rock music kind of sixties vibe to it.
2: Yeah. I do like that. They, I mean, they played it straight or they tried to,
3: you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. There's no winking at the camera. Like. <laughs> no, no mugging it up, as it were. Wait, when did this come out in relation to uh, Monster Zero? Um, or Monster Z- X? Monster, monster
1: Zero. Zero. Oh, you you're doing so great <laughs> with the rest of the shows. Uh, monster Zero came out in 1965.
3: So, so this is kind of the same general era of giant monster movies. Yes. Okay. Well, if you like,
1: okay, so this is uh sort of the end of the era as far as the um the island series in a sense go because you had uh starting with in 1966 with godzilla versus the sea monster and then uh, son of godzilla and then destroy all monsters even though there was city inside there was there were city description city destruction scenes inside of destroy all monsters of course uh, there was a lot of it did take place on an island and then that was followed by Godzilla's Revenge, which is essentially all the monster action takes place on an island as well. So this is kind of in the same vein, like an island series movie. So, Cindy, how did you how did you enjoy the film?
0: Uh, well, this is a film I'd never seen before. It was a lot more serious than I thought it was going to be. Okay. And like Jeff, I thought that the squid was actually the best costume. Even during the parts where you could see a little bit of the uh, wires moving the tentacles.
1: Yeah, I think the I, I tend to give wire work a, a big giant break when it comes to watching yeah. these because I mean typically we you know we're we're looking at this 30 40 years after these movies have been made and you know they I'm sure when you saw it in the theater you probably didn't even notice it. Yeah, I mean yeah, we're watching these on DVD,
2: you know, which is the best these films have ever been presented oh absolutely you know so yeah I mean you're right it's like they weren't really meant to be seen in this great of, <laughs> to be ...this nice of quality right <laughs> right yeah
1: yeah I, I mean I'm glad they're out I, I'm this was uh, I think this is one of the the last movies that media blasters and Tokyo Shock put out onto DVD from the sort of lost Toho films they're not really lost but for you know if you ask somebody about giant monster movies, Pretty much, you get the the main the main roster of Godzilla, and his foes and Gamera. and then some people know about, you know, Gilala and Gappa, and then I think after that is when you get into stuff like, um, uh, not Frankenstein conquers the world. That's not a good example. Uh, stuff like Dogara, mm-hmm. the the, have you guys ever seen that one? It's almost no. like a space jellyfish that comes down and tries to steal a bunch of coal from the from the earth. It's a really bizarre movie. I've fallen asleep 3 times watching <laughs> it. And then uh and this is another one just like that. This uh Yog the monster from space. You know, I have
2: to admit that when I was coming over here tonight, I thought we were watching your the <laughs> uh you know that? Oh, the uh, Harryhausen movie? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay, <laughs> Jeff, no, you're so a, silly. You're the, the barbarian or whatever or whatever yeah. the hell that was. I believe that's crawl. <laughs> it's not crawl. No. Oh, no. <laughs> Look it up on IMDb. It's called like it's like Y O R. Okay, I don't think I've it ever seen it. Came out that. like in the early, early 1980s. It's very forgettable.
1: Okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, so all right. Cindy, what was uh? I mean, did you enjoy it being a, a st- sort of standard kaiju film?
0: Yeah, I think I did. Uh, like I said, I like the fact that they, it was played seriously. Though, if I had seen the trailer first, I would have expected something totally different.
1: Yeah, so I, showed, I we watched the movie, and then after the movie, uh, while I'm setting up the recording equipment, I said, you guys have to watch the trailer because this is bizarre. And uh, if you haven't seen it, look it up on YouTube because it has that... Uh, that dance party USA from 1965 music at at some point and it's weird cuz it actually seems like a serious trailer and then it goes almost you can hear almost hear the record scratch sound and then uh and then like so i don't know why i did that justin yeah. <laughs> though yes let's talk to you what did uh what what were your thoughts about this movie
3: so uh, we we've watched other uh, giant monster movies and and I think this is more the style that I like where you have where you follow the people more and the monsters less. I mean there's a lot of monster, but you're really following the the scientist, uh, the the uh, lady who I don't know what her role in this was other than being the lady
1: corporate shill,
0: the woman who screamed a lot.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yes. Cor- corporate shrill. <laughs> yeah, we
3: we needed a screamer and then a the photographer and then a uh, Mister uh, Pink Shirt. And uh, I I liked following their story and the like pink shirt was trying to steal the submarine plans for the hotel and this and that and all this other stuff was going on and then the monsters happen and uh, I I kind of like that that feel it's kind of uh, like a you know the monster zero one where where you were following these scientists and then we have the aliens come and then we have the monster fight in the background as part of it
1: yeah I really enjoy I mean this is I, if I had to rank this in, in terms of giant monster movies, it would not be towards the top. But I do enjoy this film, and I really like how uh, it sort of got that Ishiro Honda vibe to it, even though it really does fall flat in, in a number of areas. And, and Maybe we should just go ahead and start talking about some of the things that bothered us about this film. Anybody want to take first stab? My biggest criticism is
2: the last two creatures are really... It seems like they blew all their money on the uh, the giant <laughs> cuttlefish. No, dude, I
1: completely disagree. <laughs> really? You like you like the
2: uh, um, the crab, which looks actually it's, it's like I a hairy really, crab.
1: <laughs> it, I really like the the turtle, Kameiba. I really really
3: like the turtle. I, I thought all the costumes were really good, but I I, I agree. I, I think they kind of blew it towards the end. They're like, well, we need to figure out some way to fill in these last few thirty minutes. No, we're that's just, not. We're no. just, just going to have monsters. I was I was really
2: <laughs> h- hoping that you know Kenji, the smarmy guy, would head into the cave and transfer his power to, so we'd have a giant bat Wouldn't that,
1: <laughs> to oh, do
3: battle. Okay, so you're talking about Obata? Yeah, yeah, Ken- Obata. Kenji yeah. Sahara is the yeah, yeah. The Kenji actor. Sahara. Yeah, I, I, I wanted a giant Obata.
0: That's yeah. That's yeah, what uh, I was thinking that, too. <laughs>
1: I, that would have been cool. I think we all would agree that it would have been really cool if if uh, when the aliens. Infected Obata if we had had a gigantic Kenji Sahara like laughing down at the earthlings. That would have been pretty rad. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed, Agreed. <laughs> uh, What about you Cindy like uh, tell me a little something bu- that bugged you about this maybe something you'd change
0: Something I'd change I might shorten the actually the monster fight at the end
1: Okay,
3: the
0: when you've got the crab and the turtle essentially fighting each other up the volcano. I don't know. It seemed to drag out a little too long.
2: Okay. It's 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 poorly edited. You can't really tell exactly who's doing what. All yeah. of a sudden it's like, so they're just kind of dragging each other up and you don't really get a sense of really, you know, what the hell is going on.
1: I think this is really one of those cases where you've got a somewhat serious story, but they needed to, you know, get the kids in there too and and keep the kids occupied.
3: I I don't even think we needed the second two monsters. I think if we had just, uh, you know, extended the movie with the squid and uh, ended it whenever they killed off the squid and then maybe you had the amoeba slip away for the sequel or whatever. But I don't, I I thought the the second half of the movie was kind of uh, slapped together. Like it wasn't really needed at all. It it, it didn't push the story forward any and it was just, uh, it was just there for, giant monster wrestling sake i guess
2: i i did like the uh um the aspect of the alien you know going into one form and then kind of possessing that form which kind of predates like you know like the hidden that 80s film and and in numerous other alien invasion films where you kind of have like you know the alien possess a different creature and and uh mutate it yeah. Alien
1: control is definitely you get a lot of that in Toho films too. Yeah. Like uh the one of the actors in this movie, the guy who played the scientist, uh Yoshio Tsuchiya, he also played um aside he also played uh the controller of Planet X, one of my favorite characters of all time. But um he was the one in Destroy All Monsters that was being controlled by the uh Kilax. I almost forgot their name for a second there. It would have been bad. Uh
3: that would have been a nerd fail.
1: <laughs> thank God I, Thank God I didn't fail in my nerdliness. Um so uh I will say that the my biggest my biggest uh thing that I would like to change in this film is that I didn't I didn't feel that the ending was very impactful when uh I liked everything up until like the very end when Obada jumps into the volcano. I felt like I didn't really care, like, and he was such a tool during the entire movie that when he jumped and the reactions didn't, I didn't feel like they matched up. That that was his Darth Vader moment. No. <laughs> uh, so what I would do to change that is, I probably, if I was, if I was a screenwriter or the director, I probably would have had some sort of actual connection between Obata and the female character, whose name I can't remember. Little Mishril. Yeah, yeah, the Shrieker. Uh, because it seems to me that she was the one that was connecting with him while he was trying to fight the influence. But there, if there had been some sort of connection with them, like maybe, maybe
3: she was like, oh, I like him, but uh, he seems like a jerk. Right, yeah. There was... I wasn't quite sure who she was connecting with throughout the movie. maybe it was you know the the time period she was just swinging and 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 hitting on whoever but <laughs> at some points i could couldn't decide if she was uh hitting on a doctor or the a photographer or a pink shirt It was like a God. giant key party baby yeah <laughs>
1: um <laughs> so uh i mean it's it sounds like overall we kind of like the, mel- the film. I mean, it, was a, yeah, it wasn't yeah. fantastic. It wasn't a terrible film. Uh, it's got some really great points. I thought that all the, the suit work was fantastic, although it's like they overextended themselves in the entire thing. I liked all the monsters, but they just kind of didn't, didn't really swing and hit home runs for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of I mean, it, the film is
3: well-paced until the end it kind of peters out right yeah, I, and you b- know. back on costumes costumes were really good I think the monster on monster fight scene was a little lackluster too it was a whole lot of the turtle sticking out his head and the crab waving his arms in the air and yeah you know, br- well, the, ah, the premise yeah. behind the fight in in
1: itself is oh the monsters have gone crazy you know right where the bats drive uh, the bats and the fire are what drives Gizora to its death hmm Basically the bats and the bats, I guess, alone, drive Ganime and Kamiba to beat on each other, which I don't know. And I think again up. that's just, you know, thrown in there for yeah. for the kids.
2: Well the scientist says like they've reverted back to their, you know, natural state. Right, of, right. Of like, well, you be, know, they're, they're going to fight.
3: Well, yeah, turtles and, and crabs, they always fight they, they and throw like each they, other in the volcanoes.
0: Right, they're natural enemies, right?
3: <laughs> well, actually, I, I don't know the answer
1: to that question. I would doubt it. But uh, I would like to say that it, um, you guys have all seen Gamera movies. Mm-hmm. The kiddie versions of the Gamera movies, There are uh, they do a lot of sort of just mildly educational things in there. Like, um, the episode with Z the episode, the movie with Zegra, uh, the kids are, um, the kids are learning at the aquatic center, uh, what happens to some dolphins and, you know, they, they bring out a lot of, you know, sort of common sense science facts that maybe weren't so common sense in like 1970. And this movie, the subtitled version, which we did not watch tonight, but I watched it last week, does a little bit of that too because each of these creatures is actually based on actual, like, earth animal. So the the cuttlefish is based on, or the, sorry, Gizora is based on an actual kind of cuttlefish. Uh, Kamiba, the turtle, is based on an actual kind of, I think it's called, like, the rock turtle and The Crab is also based off of something else. And there's a mini documentary on the DVD that shows these things as well. It, I just kind of, this movie reminded me of a Gamera movie in those terms. And actually, there are even a couple other little things that remind me of other films. Like, uh, who's seen, anybody seen Gappa? And there was silence <laughs> okay. in the crowd. Okay. Well, in Gappa, they go into a cave and there's, a, there's water in the cave and uh, two giant lights light up in, in the water. And uh, then they start coming towards the shore and people freak out and then they, they go away. And it just kind of reminded me of that. Also, uh, Gamera versus Berugan had the same thing with the cave and the guys going exploring. And I'm losing, losing you all. I'm seeing. <laughs> so. You know one thing I, I thought they should have
2: done? Is have the natives try to sacrifice someone <laughs> to one of the creatures, which I thought they were about to do, like when you see, you know, the giant cuttlefish coming and they're about to they're having like some celebration in the village. I, I thought they were going to like sacrifice a yeah. villager, a la <laughs> you know, King Kong. I think the villagers
3: should have wore real shirts instead of belly shirts.
2: Yeah, and where did the villagers get all those weapons and gasoline? It's oh, like...
3: you
1: weren't paying attention then, yeah. because they clearly explained that, that that's left over for World, World War, War II. Depot. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
3: the Japanese that's used right. their island as a that's staging right. ground. I do remember that now. W- way to go, Dean. <laughs> oh, man.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, I, I would just went in one ear and out the other.
1: Uh, so, uh, you know, there are a ton of little things. I made some notes the last time I watched it. There are a ton of little things I could point out, things I liked, things I didn't like. Um, I think we're just going to go ahead and move into final thoughts. Do you guys have any uh, any final thoughts about this film? Did you like it enough to show it to somebody? Did you find it a little too weird to, to be somebody... I, I would let's let's all. I mean, I'm pretty much sure we can all agree that this would not be the first film you
3: show somebody if they've never seen a giant monster film,
1: or the second, or the second, yeah. like maybe not even the third or the seventh.
3: Well, well, so out of all the giant monster movies I've seen, which I've seen so many, uh, I would probably put this in you know at least a top ten. Although I've probably seen only like seven giant monster <laughs> movies. Yeah, we could count them now, but that would take time. Yeah, yeah. and it wasn't bad. No. Final it, thought.
0: It was pretty good. Um, Yeah, I'd show it to people. I obviously would not be one of the first ones. Um, This one's bordering on it needs the MST3K treatment.
1: I would really... I do really enjoy the MST3K stuff, and and I would like to see this film lampooned. Maybe this is the one we should be doing
3: that with. Maybe. 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 Mm -hmm. I still think we should do it with one of the modern Roger Corman ones. Yeah, we could do that too. Jeff? Final thoughts?
2: I think it's mi- mildly amusing. I mean, like I said before, I don't dislike it by any means. I think if you're a fan of this genre, you'll enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, it's just a little lackluster and towards the end,
1: and right. the end. So, Justin, doesn't. I don't think you will really be able to answer this question, but for Cindy and Jeff specifically, compared to the other non-Godzilla, non-gamera movies that are out there, Eliminate those from. I've the, seen Yungari. That's right, you have <laughs> seen Yungari.
3: <laughs> Justin, compared to Yungari, okay. how would you rate this film? <clears throat> I, I think I liked Yungari better, but we we uh, we definitely MST3K that one up. Yeah, it was. I think that was more fun on our part.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the question still stands.
2: I I mean, for me, you know, it's it's no Matango or Mysterians or anything like that. Right. So. You know, it, and I don't even think it's a, it's a latitude zero. <laughs> but but is, I mean, is that a surfing movie? You
3: no, know, latitude zero
2: is just no. you know. I mean, with Caesar Romero, it's just a hell of a lot more exciting. I think.
3: <laughs> really, in my, in my opinion, yeah. Okay. okay. I mean,
2: I, I enjoyed watching latitude zero. I just got a bigger kick out of it. It's okay. just because you then like then Cesar I,
3: Romero. I've seen the posters above your bed.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're well, using exciting in quotes exciting
2: <laughs> yes.
3: Yes. <Yeah>. exciting <laughs> excitement adventure
1: these things may await you in latitude 0 or yog monster from space
2: <laughs> yog monster monster from space does have one of the great titles of all time
1: yes i it's okay so you guys i will spend just a little bit more time talking about this uh, you guys all loved the gezera the squid costume yes. uh, that is definitely yes. the one that they latched on to for the American international pictures release. And so the poster image has the squid sort of like squeezing the earth. Nice. Pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. I got a hold of the, uh, a, a scan of the press book and, uh, it's got some really cool stuff in it. I might actually have to read one or two of the little blurbs in there for, for advertising during the show. But, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about or should we just go ahead and hear what other people had to say? I'm looking at you, Cindy.
3: Do you have anything more to say? No. <laughs> okay. Je- Jeff? I'm spent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we had uh, three
1: people submit their homework, and this is how that went. Sean has only seen Yog in recent years, and it is not one that he enjoyed as a child like most other Daikaiju films. So he has just a few thoughts on it. When he first saw Yogg in the guise of Space Amoeba, it struck him as being Toho's last-ditch effort to recapture their glory days of the 1960s. While he finds the designs for Kamibus and Ganame quite impressive, he was a bit underwhelmed by Gezera. The suit always seems to be on the verge of falling apart, and frankly, he thought the monster was more impressive in the Nintendo video game. Not a bad film overall, though he thinks Kenji Sahara as a bearded bad guy is a bit of a stretch. Sean personally enjoys the film, though Yogg is not one that he would show to a newcomer to the kaiju-iega genre. For Tess, Space Amoeba is clearly a practice run between major titles, but produced with effort to make it stand in its own right. She found the scenery enjoyable, while the acting and set pieces did not strike her as particularly notable. The suits were somewhat subpar with one exception. Tess found the tentacle effects, sans the clearly animated ones, generally good and believable. They appeared to possess a life of their own during many of the attack scenes. Few times did actors seem to be unwillingly attacking themselves with an inanimate cephalopod appendage. Beyond that, however, the costume effects failed. The actors' legs were apparent with Ganymede And she couldn't take Kamiba seriously, given his resemblance to an ill-thought conception between a telescopic armadillo and a house cat. The mirrored swarms of bats also kept Tess giggling throughout the entire end credits. Overall, the film reminds her a lot of another between-A-list kaiju practice film, Matango. The island setting, the infighting among the characters, and the fact that Akira Kubo starred in both films drove that similarity home. Uh, also, just to let you guys know, Tess is a host of another movie-oriented podcast called Filmmonger, uh, where they mostly review rift tracks and Rift films. You can find that at filmmonger.com. Stephen bought this as a nostalgia buy at G-Fest this year. He loved it when he saw it as a kid and it su- and is surprised at how basically engaging the story is. A simple alien invasion... With quite a twist to it, he liked the lead scientist who normally gets possessed by aliens in films like Battle in Space and Destroy All Monsters. He stays normal in this. He thought the monster action was engaging when between individual monsters and the humans, but the monster battle at the end left something to be desired. The turtle's head and neck were just too fake. Otherwise, he thought the visual effects were excellent and held up pretty well, even by today's standards. The rocket launch at the beginning was gorgeous, and Steven especially liked the use of the cell animation for some of the rocket exhaust out in space, because usually those shots with the dinky firecracker flame have never worked for him. And Steven, I totally agree. I actually wrote some notes about that when I watched the movie the first time about how impressive I thought the the model rocket was. As a kaiju film, he would not show it to someone as an introductory piece. Steven would always choose the original Gojira, and then decide later what to show someone. That being said, he is so glad to have this in his collection. It was a thrill to see as a kid, and he can have a little bit of excitement back as he watches it again now. Thank you to Steven and Tess and Sean for submitting your homework. I really appreciate that uh, that you guys kind of just came in right at the end and, and turned it in. Otherwise, I guess this movie just is not that popular with kaiju fans because... You were the only three people to submit their homework. That wraps up our Daikaiju Discussions section for this uh, episode. I do want to let you guys know that the October Daikaiju Discussion film is the 1999 Ultraman Tiga and Ultraman Dinah and Ultraman Gaia Battle in Hyperspace. Uh, I know this is available on DVD. It came out a while ago. Uh, if you have it in your collection, please, please, please... Uh, Be one of the several people, I'm sure, that uh, reviews the film for the Daikaiju Discussions. Uh, Just as sort of a warning, this is going to take place at the very, very, very end of October. And I am going to be kind of wiped out from my trip to Asia. So uh, make sure you get your homework in. Oh, let's say, like as usual, I, I always say before the last week of the month. In the case of October, though, if you guys could turn your homework in by October 24th, that would be fantastic. And I think it's time to move on to Godzilla News.
0: This is United Nations reporter Eric Carter with the news. The world is stunned to discover that prehistoric creatures exist in the 20th century. The armies have been alerted as we wait for more news from Japan.
1: All right, so like I said at the, at the top of the show... I have very little in the way of news this month. The biggest news is that Gamera 3 is available on Blu-ray, thanks to Mill Creek Entertainment. Uh, it came out on Tuesday. Today is when. Sorry, today is Thursday. And uh, I have not gotten mine yet, because I'm waiting for it to arrive. Amazon, I'm looking at you. Uh, hopefully you picked it up, because Gamera 3 is quite possibly, almost definitely, uh, one of the top three kaiju movies ever made, at least in my opinion. Extremely great special effects. If you have not seen the Gamera Trilogy, I will always, always suggest them to anyone who is interested in giant monsters from Japan. I guess I'll have a link in the show notes to Mill Creek Entertainment's website. And, uh, you know, if you haven't bought that, get out there and get it because it's cheap. They charge very little for their Blu-ray discs. And if you don't have a Blu-ray player... What are you waiting for now? Because this is a great, great opportunity for uh, fans of the kaiju. The only other news item is from Sci-Fi Japan. Uh, if you remember a few months back, I was talking about a, a article I read on their website about a Korean film called Sector 7. Well, Sector 7 uh, is out in Korea, and I guess they are bringing it to the United States for a limited theatrical run. So check out the link in the show notes to SciFiJapan.com's website and the article specifically about Sector 7, and see if it's going to play in your city. So no, no other like real news, but uh, keep in mind that Destroy All Monsters is going to be released by Media Blasters in October. I think it's October 25th, so... Uh, keep an eye out for that as well. It's supposed to have a ton of extra features, which is great. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about local events on October 4th and October 18th here in Portland. Geek Trivia is, uh, as usual, at the Kennedy School. And that's hosted, of course, by Court and Fatboy, who are from courtandfatboy.com, which is one of the podcasts that I listen to uh, on a regular basis. October 5th, Things for Another World is going to have a signing for a comic called Angel Punk, and that will be at their Hollywood location on Northeast Sandy Boulevard. October 6th through the 9th, there's a really cool, um, I guess you'd call it like a convention here in town. It's called Wordstock. Wordstock is a trade show, essentially. It's got tons and tons of authors, and if you, if you like books, you definitely should check it out. Wordstock is a, is a lot of fun. And uh, in other sort of podcastery news, there's another podcast that I listened to. I talked about it a few months ago. It's called The Nerdist. It's hosted by Chris Hardwick. Anyway, he hosts a podcast along with two other guys, uh, Jonah Ray and Matt Myra, and that's called The Nerdist. And I listen to that one on a uh, semi religious basis as well. They are coming to Portland on October 22nd. If you're in town and you like, uh, funny stuff if you like nerdy stuff you should definitely go check that out. I'll have a link in the show notes to the Aladdin theaters website where you can uh, I think you can get tickets directly through there. I really hope that uh, they have a great show because I'm unfortunately not going to be in town uh, but this shout out right here goes to Chris Jonah and Matt thank you for coming to Portland uh, and hopefully I'll catch you on the next time. The last thing I have to really say is uh, is more is like an announcement. The Feel the Impact contest that we're running here on the Kaiju Cast, which is sponsored, of course, by Impact Merchandising, the guys who do these super awesome and ultra cool t-shirts uh, featuring Godzilla and many of his cohorts. That contest is still open for submissions up through October 10th. But at that point, I'll take all of those pictures and we will judge them, in a sense, uh, the people from People from KaijuCast and people from Impact Merchandising will choose our favorite 10. Then there will be a gallery posted on the website. and that gallery, uh, you'll be able to vote on your favorite picture. And uh, the people who win at the end of the voting period, which is a two-week voting period as soon as I get the gallery up, uh, those are going to be the winners of the contest. The top prize, the grand prize, it gets a $100 gift certificate to Impact Merchandising's website. The next level down, I guess I'm calling it the first prize, gets $60 as a gift certificate to their web store, and the next one down gets 40. So even like third place or second, you know, that last the last place prize there, even that gets a fantastic amount of money just to go get yourself some Godzilla shirts, and they have so many. I'm I'm kind of going on and on about them. Uh, I believe they have. S- like close to 36, maybe even 40 shirts, and they've got more coming out too. So uh, there will, of course, be a link in the show notes to the Feel the Impact page where you can submit your information, uh, or sorry, where you can read about the contest and all the rules and regulations and such. It's super easy to submit it. Uh, Just check that out and send in your picture. We've uh, We've gotten some entries so far, and I really appreciate those that have come in. Don't hesitate to send your own in. You never know. You could be a winner. Man, that sounded like a radio DJ thing. You could be a winner. Whew. I am a little spent on my voice here, folks. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. So, as I uh, usually say, if you found the Kaiju Cast through iTunes or some other podcast directory and want to check out basically every single thing that you can about the about the Kaiju Cast, point your web browsers to kaijucast.com. Uh, you can check out the show notes, which have handy links to all the news articles I talk about. Uh, of course, there's the Feel the Impact contest. You can see the full list of Daikaiju discussions, the schedule that we have there that tells you which movie we're showing, which month, and which one we'll be talking about. Uh, also, you can uh, check out our past shows, vote in a poll. And we also have handy links to both the Facebook and Twitter pages. Uh, if you're not on the face- If you're on Facebook and you are not a liker or a fan of the kaiju cast on facebook i can't tell you how much stuff actually gets posted uh in between shows because i only do two shows a month um just today and yesterday i had scoured my hard drive for some really cool godzilla imagery and uh i basically like every hour or so while i was at work i said uh, you know what i'm gonna post this picture and I. uh I got some cool discussion stuff going on there. It's a lot of fun. Um, Again, I I seem to be going on and on about the Facebook page, but that's where I do a lot of my uh, in-between show communication with the fans. So check that out. Uh, If you follow us on Twitter, that's awesome too. It's uh, KaijuCast both ways. So facebook.com slash KaijuCast and twitter.com slash KaijuCast, and you will get where you need to go. If you want to send me an email, uh, just... You can send me an email to controller at kaijucast.com. I always love hearing back from people, whether it's positive or negative feedback, uh, maybe something you want to share with the listeners. Keep in mind that we are going to have, let's see, this is September, so October. Our next show is going to be a yokai specific show, so there will not be a lot of Godzilla stuff going on for that. Uh, Following that will be our Kaiju discussion film, or Kaiju discussion episode for the Ultraman film. Following that, uh, I have hopefully some really cool interviews from my trip to Japan. I'll hopefully have a really cool interview. Uh, if not, I'll do something else. Uh, just, I'm really glad everybody's listening. I want to thank again Sean, Tess, and Steven for sending in their homework. And you know, don't don't hesitate to send that homework in, guys. I really I love hearing what uh, what people have to say about these movies. I always find it enjoyable. Um, just remember to put Daikaiju discussion in the, uh, subject and that way I'll easily find it. Um, I think that's pretty much it. So like I said earlier, I am playing music, uh, from my favorite movies. And as many of you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is monster zero. So I am going to go ahead and play monster mega war by Akira Fukube to close out the show. Um, I'm heading to Japan. I'm hopefully going to have a great time there. And, uh, That's about all I have to say. Talk to you guys later. Jamata.
0: Look out there. Those two space monsters. The one with the three heads is King Ghidorah. And that one's Gaiga. We're controlling them. Their action patterns are programmed on these two tapes here. That's why we had to get the tape back from you. Without it, we would have no control over those monsters. All right.
2: The monsters will now start attacking Tokyo and destroy everything in it.